Welcome to the Let's Ditch Misophonia podcast. I'm your host, Brooklyn, and I'm sharing how unconscious reprogramming helped me eliminate my own misophonia after more than 20 years of suffering. I'm also sharing how I support my clients using the same tools and modalities to help them lessen trigger sounds, alleviate the suffering they experience from misophonia, and create more joy in their lives. My degree in communication, coupled with my training and certification in working with the unconscious mind, creates a coaching environment with a unique approach to get you results. So with that being said, let's dive into the show. Hey, hello. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I actually had another episode in mind when um, to come out today, but I wanted to push this one forward because last night I someone sent me a DM on Instagram of an article that was published and they were advertising it on social media and it was basically just kind of walking through what misophonia is and just kind of what it's like to live with misophonia. And they basically sent this post to me and they're like, hey, I think there's probably a bunch of potential clients for you in the comments of this post. So I went to check it out and there were a lot of people in the comments who were choosing to be vulnerable and share their experiences and just connect with other people who, you know, kind of know what they're going through. However, there were also a lot of people in the comments just very disrespectful and just comments that aren't helpful or useful. So some of the comments that were posted, and I won't go through all of them, but just some of the the comments were, imagine being mad at people for doing basic everyday things and then blaming it on a disorder. Um, Another person said, this generation is so effing soft. Actually, a couple people said that. Um, the, the article said one in one in five people have misophonia. I don't know if that statistic is true, but someone in the comments then said one in five adults are weak AF. Just so many comments like this. And there were some people who were really like bearing their, their soul, sharing their experiences, talking about how difficult it's been. And then people commenting things like, you just need to take an Advil or just get over it. You're making this up. You're just complaining for no reason. There was one uh, comment that even was saying like, people like this are just assholes. And so I wanted to, to speak on this because where there were comments like this, there were people trying to argue with them and trying to be like, no, this thing is real. This is my experience. And it's quite frankly, it's just not worth your time to argue with people who post these kinds of things because trying to educate them, one, it's not going to change their minds. It's not going to help them understand. And two, it's not going to make you as the person suffering feel any better. It's not going to help you be less triggered. If anything, it might even cause more anger and cause you to develop more triggers because you're in this state of frustration and rage and anxiety. And so I wanted to share this post on my stories, and I'm glad that more awareness is being brought to misophonia. And at the same time, I just want to remind myself and our community that our job is not to educate others. Our job is not to make people believe us. It's not to get validation. It's not to convince someone. Our job is to heal, to lessen our suffering, and live the 
best lives that we can possibly live. That's what we are responsible for. We do not have to educate or convince other people. And so another thing that I mentioned is the vast majority of the testimonials from my clients are anonymous or I use pseudonyms with them. And that's because my clients are afraid of exactly this, of this kind of negativity on the internet. Because we for so many years have had people say, you're crazy, you're making this up, this isn't real, you're weak, you just need to get over it. We've had people tell us these things all our lives and so we're nervous to even share our story in the first place. So a lot of the testimonials, even though they're experiencing relief and it's so exciting for them, they still want to remain anonymous because they are nervous of this kind of reactivity on the internet. And a lot of clients that I work with, some of their closest family members don't even know that they experience misophonia because it can feel so scary to even share this information. There were a lot of people in my life who were close to me and did not know about this because I had people who would make noises at me on purpose because they thought it was funny to see me in pain, to see me squirm, because truly, they just didn't get it. They really didn't understand that this was seriously causing me a ton of pain. So all of this to say, again, your job isn't to educate or make someone believe you. It is to heal. It is to lessen your suffering. It is to live a life that you want to live, that you're excited to wake up in the morning and you get to spend time with family and do the things you love. I don't want you to feel like you're living every moment in fight or flight. I don't want you, you know, shoving your fingers in your ears, trying to block out the noises, running to the bathroom, crying, turning on the fan, locking yourself in there so you can have a few minutes of peace. This isn't the reality that I see or want for you. I want you to be able to have the windows open on a sunny day and just enjoy the breeze, even if there's a car outside with music that has bass. I want you to be able to form relationships based on who these people are rather than just the sounds that they make. I want you to just be able to live clear and free and in the present moment, not feeling like you have to scan every environment for potential trigger sounds. That's what I want for you. I don't waste my time anymore trying to convince people that what I experienced was real. That was something that kept me stuck for a long time. I felt like I needed that validation, like this experience is real. And now I just don't waste my time. I still have people in my life who know what I do. They know that I coach people for a living who experience misophonia, and they still don't get what it is that I was experiencing and they still think I'm just making it all up. I don't care. I'm not going to waste my energy. It's just a waste of energy. I'm going to take that and instead focus it on supporting this community and helping people feel better. That's what I'm choosing to spend my energy on. So if you're nervous to speak up, if you're nervous to share your story, I've got you. I will speak up. I will help educate where I feel like it's useful. And I will do the work for you to help you get better. Like send all the hate my way. I literally do not care. When I first started coaching and I posted about offering to coach people with misophonia, after doing that, I disappeared off the internet for a couple weeks because of all the negativity I was getting. And now I'm at a point in my life where I can't not show up. 
It's like this fire is lit in my soul inside me and it is burning and I, I have to show up. And one of the things that I thought was really interesting is I went to this post on Instagram where all these comments were, and this is something that a couple months ago I never would have done. It would have seemed sleazy to me, icky, like I just couldn't, I wouldn't have been able to do it. What I did is I responded to as many people as I could. People who were sharing their experiences like, yes, this is something I'm going through. This is what it's like. I responded to as many people as I could saying, hey, come check out this podcast. Come check out my page. Like I have a community to support you. Like I am here to support you and help you get relief. And again, like I said, a couple months ago, I would have felt that that was sleazy or taking advantage of people. But now I'm at this place in my life where It felt in absolute alignment to do that. I had to do it. I couldn't not do it because my mission is so, so just, it's burning within me. I want to support as many people as possible and lessening their suffering because I have been there and it sucks. It sucks. It took years and years of my life and I wouldn't change that experience because Where I'm at now, getting to support people and seeing and hearing about their transformations, it's unfreaking believable. Like I said, there's just this this fire literally burning in my soul and encouraging me to show up and serve the community and offer my services wherever, whenever, however I can. I also want to cover another side to this conversation. And this might be part of, also, sorry if you can hear my dog. He keeps like basically just huffing and puffing. I don't know. I think maybe he just wants me to give him attention. I don't know. So if you can hear that, I apologize. But I want to talk about the other side of this conversation because it goes both ways. Yes, it is incredibly disrespectful and really not helpful or useful for these people to basically just be like, get over it. It's all in your head. At the same time, though, I do have some understanding of where they're coming from. If misophonia is not something that you've ever experienced, it is really difficult to wrap your head around it. It really is something where it's like you have to experience it to really get it. And, and so I can, I can understand from their point of view just thinking that it's like this overreaction. And I think that sometimes the misophonia community can actually play into this and actually increase the likelihood that, that people misunderstand what it is that we're experiencing. So let me explain here. There is, and I've noticed this especially since showing up as a coach, There is a lot, I shouldn't say a lot, but there is a a good amount of gatekeeping within the misophonia community. So also in the comment section of this post, I saw a lot of people saying, oh my gosh, I never knew there was a name for this. This is what I've been experiencing. It's like XYZ and just kind of going through their experience. And then there's other people in the post saying, no, this is, you're just annoyed with chewing sounds. You don't have misophonia. Misophonia is severe. You don't really know what it's like. Or even this article said one in five people experience this. Again, I don't know if that statistic's true. I don't care. But there were people in the comments saying, no way, this is way more rare. If you should truly have misophonia, you have to be suffering like this. It has to be like this experience. 
what that does, not only is it preventing people from getting the support that they need, it's also tying misophonia so heavily to your identity that it's going to be even more difficult for you to now find relief. Because when misophonia becomes so ingrained to who you are, if you then try to find something that helps you get relief, something that helps you feel better, something that makes you feel less triggered, your mind is going to resist it over and over and over again because it's going to feel like you're losing a part of who you are. It's going to feel like you're losing part of your identity and your unconscious mind's job is survival. So losing a part of yourself, it's going to resist that. So when you say, oh no, you don't have misophonia, I have it, and it is so, so severe. Not only are you making it more difficult for yourself to get relief, you might even be causing yourself to experience more discomfort because mind is like, oh, this is who we are. Let's seek out more of this. Let's seek out even more triggers, even more anxiety, even more frustration and rage. And at the same time, preventing other people from experiencing misophonia, even in the comments of this post. You know, I told, I said I responded to as many people as I could. And I also just posted my own comment saying, this is something I suffered from for 20 years. I cleared it. Please check out my podcast. And I even said, I feel really weird, like posting this in the comments, but I'm doing it because I really want to help people. And I had someone say, you know, if you're just annoyed by chewing sounds, that's not really misophonia. And it's like, sir, I, my experience with misophonia, literally, like I, I was interviewed recently and they asked me, before you cleared it, where would you put yourself on a scale from zero to 10? And I said, 12 out of 10, as severe as it could get. And it's just, it's so interesting how attached people get to, to these labels. And I've, I've said in, in previous episodes, I'm a, a huge advocate of shifting our language from I have misophonia to this is something I experience. Because you're detaching it from who you are. You, at your core, are not a reaction to a trigger sound. You are not misophonia. It may be something you're experiencing it, and giving it a name helps you find the relief that you need because you can Google, you can search, you can find coaches and treatments, and it it helps you understand more of what that experience is so you can get the right support. And also, not overly identifying with it gives you the room you need to then shift that pattern and install something that's more useful. So I wanted to talk about this gatekeeping in addition to, you know, the other side of it, which is all of this negativity and basically just writing off people's experiences because I think both sides can have more compassion for each other. And also, if you, and and go back to the interview that I did with Doug, we talk about this. Just because a person in your life doesn't understand it doesn't mean that they can't have compassion for you. I may not understand what Doug is going through, but I can still hold space for him and I can believe him. I don't have to feel or experience his pain in order to know that it's real for him and to work with him to find ways to alleviate it. Same thing for me. He didn't have to know what misophonia feels like in order to hold space for me and encourage me on my journey to get relief. He was able to believe me and what I was saying and he saw how debilitating it was for me and he took my word because that's how 
that kind of understanding and compassion is how we can support people in getting better. Telling someone when they share their experience with you, telling them that they're crazy to just get over it, it's all in their head, it's doing the exact opposite. You're making it even more difficult for them to get support because now they're not going to want to tell anyone about what they're experiencing for fear of being ridiculed. When instead, you could just A, not say anything. I don't know why these people felt it was necessary to comment this stuff. Or B, you could just say, I don't know what that's like, but I hear you and I'm supporting you. I, I want to help you find, you know, whatever it is that's going to work for you, which is why in the comments I was responding to as many people as I could saying, listen, like, listen to the podcast, come hang out on my page. Like, I want to support you. I want to help you. Major takeaways from this episode. One, it is not your job to educate. It's your job to heal. Please don't waste your time responding to comments like this. It's just A, not going to help them understand. B, it's not going to help you get any better. It's just not worth your time. And B, it's okay to shift the way that we think about misophonia. You don't need anyone else's validation of your experience in order to do the work to get better. You don't have to be validated before you can get relief. And if saying I have misophonia, if that is an alignment for you, if that feels empowering, okay, go for it. But in, in, my, in my way of thinking, it just is, is keeping you stuck in that pattern. So if you can shift it to this is something I experience, you're opening the door for transformation. You're allowing space for the work to actually integrate and for you to actually see and get and create lasting results. Thank you for listening to this episode. And again, maybe this is one that you can share with a loved one as well, someone who maybe doesn't quite understand what you're going through and knowing that even if they don't get it, there can still be understanding, compassion, and support there. We really... Our experiences as human beings, they're truly not unique. There's always someone out there who's experiencing something very, very similar. And at the same time, we all have different sets of experiences. So even though I experienced misophonia, I may not have experienced it the same way as someone else. Or just because I experienced misophonia doesn't mean that I know what every form of suffering is like. You know what I'm saying? So we can find people that we can relate to and we're going to find people who are like, I don't get it. That's weird. I don't know what you're talking about. But that doesn't mean that we have to reject it, shut it down, or, you know, say that it's not real. We can support them in getting the relief that they need. I've rambled on long enough. If you are listening to this episode and you are, you found me through that article, through the comments, welcome to the podcast. And if you'd like to dive in even deeper, check the show notes. I always have the links there for how you can work with me. I highly encourage you to jump inside the Let's Ditch Misophonia community. It is a monthly community where I support you in doing this work and rewiring the way that your mind processes trigger sounds so that you can live with more ease in your life. So you're feeling less triggered alleviating your suffering and just getting to be more present in your life. And when you do this, you then get to be that light for others as well. You get to show people what is possible. And that is what I see and want for you. So check out the show notes and I will catch you in the next episode.
Thank you for listening to another episode of the Let's Ditch Misophonia podcast. I couldn't do this without your support, so be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Doing so helps others find this podcast and start their journey to relief too. And of course, if you'd like to continue working with me, always check the show notes for the latest updates on the programs I offer, and you can visit rewiremisophonia.com. Catch you in the next episode.